Afternoon stations along the Red River Farm Network. Time for Agriculture Today, 10 seconds. Good afternoon. Welcome to Agriculture Today on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan looking at markets as we start things out here this afternoon. Uh, we are seeing pressure in the grain markets, uh, primarily Chicago, Kansas City wheat with double digit losses there. Corn's down five. Uh, we're five to seven lower in the soybeans. Minneapolis wheat four to six cents lower. Corn trade uh, grinding along the lower end of its trading range with oversold conditions still in place. The uh, early two-sided action giving way to selling once again. Daily wire was quiet again with weekly sales stronger at 1.3 million metric tons. USDA Ag Outlook Forum placed acres at 91 million acres, yield at 181 bushels per acre, new crop carryout just above 2.5 billion bushels. Soybean trade is uh, 5 to 7 lower here at midday with early gains fading as uh, product action continued to drift lower with meal and oil both back to the lower end of their ranges. South American weather continues to remain favorable for crops down there as well. Daily wire, export wire remaining quiet, weekly sales remaining soft, only uh, 338,000 metric tons of beans. The USDA Ag Outlook Forum placing soybean acres 87.5 million, yield at 87.5 bushels per the acre. Uh, that's not right. That would be 52 bushels per acre for the soybeans. Uh, the uh, uh, 435 million bushel carryout uh, with uh, acreage placed at 87.5 million. There we go. Uh, grains uh, reverse lower mid-morning after trying to stabilize earlier in the session. Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bussey said there's nothing to scare these funds out of their short positions. We had the outlook form numbers early this morning, about 6 o'clock, USDA released those. So everyone digested the, the new S&D tables, and they really weren't any more bearish than the trade estimates are. But it, So the market maybe came back a little bit. Uh, exports were good for corn, um, not the best for soybeans, awesome for pork and just so-so for cattle. So, you know, market is trying to recover off the lows. But I think the problem was is people started to think about the USD outlook for them and just it definitely had nothing in there scaring one. The funds that are short, it's not going to scare them out of their position. Cattle market also reversing higher. Sold off last couple of days, probably back to the CPI number, wasn't it? You know, a little bit concerned about the U.S. economy and interest rates might stay higher for longer. That started what I would just call the profit-taking thing. This market's been overbought and needed to correct. Now, you know, there was some news out there, and I think maybe a little Packer-driven that 
you know, they're not making as much money. Maybe prices need to come down. But we've we started off lower this morning. We've rallied nicely into the noon hour here. Looking at the uh, cash cattle market, we are seeing some light trade being reported now pretty much in uh, parts of Nebraska, 287, 288. That is steady to a dollar lower than last week. A handful of trade was reported in Colorado at 180 live. Asking prices around 182 plus live and 289 plus dressed. Light to moderate movement took place in the Southern Plains yesterday. Live deals marked at 180. Uh, mostly that uh, that's uh, two dollars lower than last week. The dress business was very light yesterday and not enough for a market trend. Uh, the uh, the um, uh, live deals were marked uh, mostly 180, 181, steady to a dollar lower than last week. Uh, cutouts higher at midday with light to moderate box movement. Choice a dollar 19 higher at 295.19. Select three dollars 84 cents higher at 287.86. Choice select spread. $7.33, 66 loads. Iowa Southern Minnesota direct hog trade, no comparison. Weighted average price, $69.28. Checking the futures numbers. March wheat Minneapolis is down three and three quarter cents, 658 and three quarters. May down five. Chicago March wheat's down 18 and a quarter cents at 567 and a quarter. Kansas City March wheat's down 12 and a quarter at 575 and a half. March corn down five, 419 and a quarter. July down five and three quarter at 441 and a half. March soybeans are down four and three quarters at 1165 and three quarters. The May down six and a half, 1169 and three quarters. In Winnipeg, March canola down $9.80 a metric ton. April live cattle up $1.37. The March feeders are $0.82 cents higher. April hogs $0.55 cents higher. This is the Red River Farm Network. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro. The future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Scholarships are available to help Minnesota water quality certified producers learn business management strategies. Brad Redlin is pleased with the results from the Farm Business Management Partnership. If you're out there working with a host of consultants and experts who can speak to different issues and different elements of your farm and you just use those resources, use the financial assistance available to make tweaks and to adopt things, it's definitely rewarding to see that that's showing up on the bottom line is more probable as well. Visit agcentric.org and find the Farm Business Management Instructor near you. The Minnesota Corn Growers Association has worked tirelessly in the interests of today's corn industry. Because you're busy farming and raising a family, they're at the table when you can't be. But like you, they can't do it alone. Their strength is their members. That strength is in you. Join Minnesota Corn as it continues to advocate for the American corn farmer. Visit mncorn.org and become a member today. Bayer introduces Vios FX Cereal Herbicide. The first group 2 graminicide with an EC formulation, which means it tank mixes well with other herbicides like Husky, giving you more flexibility to customize your treatment and fight your toughest weeds like kochia, foxtail, and wild oats. Learn how it can mix with your weed management program at VOSFX.com. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. 
Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Tyler Donaldson. We'll also hear from Don Wick as well. At its 100th annual Ag Outlook Forum, USDA estimating corn acreage at 91 million acres and soybeans at 87.5 million. If realized, corn acreage would be down 3.6% from last year. Soybeans would be down nearly 4%. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer kicked off the Ag Outlook Forum, indicating prices for corn, soybeans, and wheat are all expected to erode this year. Fertilizer prices may be lower, but Meyer said margins will be squeezed by generally higher input costs. We're entering a period here where you're going to have to really, you know, it was maybe easier to make a little bit of money in 22-23. It's going to be a little bit tougher in the next crop year. And so this is just an example to tell you, you know, we enter these periods where you make money and then when prices normalize, those input prices tend to be pretty sticky. And that's a problem. Meyer said the U.S. is also facing difficult export competition. That export competition is only likely to grow. We need to be both export competitive and have a domestic market where we can sell our goods into. And as many different ways we can sell it, uh, whether that's traditional grain sales or whether that's a bioeconomy product, we need to have the markets domestically as well too in order to do that. Geopolitical uncertainties and transportation disruptions also hang over this market and Meyer said weather ultimately has the last word. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack also addressed the forum this morning saying the U.S. is losing too many farms and that hurts rural communities. Vilsack asked if the farm bill should focus on the top 10 or 15 percent of farm production or all farms regardless of size. Vilsack's speech was briefly interrupted by a protester shouting about USDA expenditures for animal agriculture and COVID bailouts. The Red River Farm Network coverage of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum is sponsored by the Minnesota Corn Growers Association with additional support from the North Dakota Corn Council, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Amity Technologies. From the USDA Ag Outlook Forum in Arlington, Virginia, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack delivered a familiar theme during his address at the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, questioning if farm programs should focus primarily on the largest 10 to 15 percent of farmers. Vilsack emphasized opportunities for more farmers would address a larger societal issue, ultimately benefiting rural communities. The Red River Farm Network asked Vilsack if means testing is needed for farm programs. No. Uh, it, it means in, in continued investment in local and regional uh, food purchasing opportunities. It means uh, support for the local agricultural marketing program. It means support for farm to school. It means support for farmer market promotion. It means support for uh, the purchasing of food uh, and creating of markets. Vilsack went on to say the focus should be on creating new and better markets. That may mean local and regional food systems. Climate smart agriculture was also highlighted as a way to bring additional revenue streams to farmers. It's important for agriculture and the future of agriculture that agriculture is a leader in this effort. Uh, because if they're not, there are going to be some folks who want to radically change the way in which agriculture is approached. A way of responding to that is by saying, no, no, farmers and ranchers they're on the front lines here. They're embracing this notion. And we're taking economic advantage of it. So it's not means testing at all. It's about more new and better markets. 
On the sidelines of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, James Callen, Associates President Jim Callen, said a farm bill proposal is being formulated that would support farmers across the northern plains. We've been working closely with Senator Hovind, so I'm representing grain growers, corn growers, and durham growers, and a bunch of other ag groups, too, that we're working with through the Midwest Council on Ag. Uh, we came up with some of those ideas. Uh, Senator Hovind looked at it, thought it made sense. He made some tweaks, and he has legislation that I believe he's getting ready to introduce at some point soon. It would be very helpful for folks in higher risk areas, i.e. North Dakota, and also places such as Texas, to have increased premium support so they could hire higher levels of coverage and that have an on top of policy supplemental coverage option, which would also see higher levels of premium support. Callan, who's a lobbyist representing North Dakota farm groups, offered his perspective on the farm bill timeline. Folks uh, such as House Ag Chairman Thompson indicate that uh, you know he can get it done. He, he's looking at floor time in March. I think that's going to be difficult. Uh, I also have heard that in the next coming weeks he's going to be releasing some um, information on the Farm Bill and his proposals and plans. On the Senate side, um, it's been difficult because you have differences of opinion, particularly on what's going to fund reference prices and a plus-up in crop insurance. World Weather Inc. Senior Agricultural Meteorologist Drew Lerner released his annual U.S. Spring and Summer Weather Preview today. For the northern plains, uh, North Dakota and Minnesota, I think we're probably going to uh, have a, a, a fair spring. It's going to not be excessively wet, but we will have a couple of uh, beneficial rain events come along to help us get in the field. But we will be dealing with some drier tendencies maybe in the summer. Those drier tendencies will probably be more significant in South Dakota, southern Minnesota, and then further south into Iowa, Nebraska, and, and all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Drought conditions could expand in the plains areas along the Canadian border. I'm not convinced that we're going to see good generalized precipitation across all of these areas. I think the National Weather Service came out uh, today and suggested that there would be some expansion of drought uh, during the March, April, May time period across some of the areas in southern Canada and the northern fringes of the northern plains. Uh, and that's something that we definitely want to watch. I certainly agree that the precipitation over these next few weeks will continue to be rather restricted. South American weather continues to be favorable for crop development and field work. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil and Paraguay will see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks, while Argentina will see some net drying. World Weather says two rounds of timely rains are expected for Argentina through the end of February, but confidence in those rain details remains slow. This is the Red River Farm Network. Even when a crop is insured through standard insurance options, it may not always be enough. A supplemental coverage option or enhanced coverage option can provide extra protection. SEO and ECO are area-based policies that could ensure yields as high as 95%. To find out if an SEO or ECO policy is right for you, contact the insurance team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Egg Country, focused on ag, focused on you. Every farm is unique. Every farmer makes their own decisions. Minnesota Farm Business Management delivers individualized service to help you through that process. It's my job to make sure you understand your ratios. You can make educated decisions. You understand your cost of production so you can make marketing decisions. You understand your crop insurance. You can help make those decisions. I try to make sure you understand what it is that you need to do on your business. Visit agcentric.org to find an instructor near you. Minnesota Farm Business Management. 
Thursday, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. Grains Council hosted a joint officers mission to Japan earlier this year. USGC Chairman Brent Boydson says Japan is a growing market for U.S. ethanol. They are a, a very important strategic partner with Grains Council, and every other year we do a joint officer mission. But uh, uh, like Senegal, we went over, we evaluated the programs uh, that we were working on, what is working, what, uh, what needs to be worked on. Uh, but it was a very good trip. We saw that uh, Japan is looking at moving to a higher standard of ethanol blends. Sustainable aviation fuel is also being discussed. And what that can mean uh, for the ethanol industry and what it will also mean for the auto industry. Uh, there seems to be uh, the opinion that uh, uh, Japan's going to import ethanol in general and they'll blend it with the gasoline there because they're not going to import their blended gasoline with what they're using now and ethanol separately. So very, very exciting to see the, the market potential for U.S. ethanol into Japan. At the Minnesota Pork Congress this week in Mankato, National Pork Board Senior Director of Agricultural Marketing, Jose DeJesus, laid out a plan for driving pork demand and expanding consumption demographics. Our whole team at the National Pork Board recognized the market situation, and we're working hard to drive demand. I think um, that is our number one, and we're focused on driving demand, not just in the short term, but long term. Number two was this idea of multicultural consumers, because Hispanic, African-American, and Asian consumers, um, they, they do consume a lot of pork, and they're key to to our growth, really, to unlocking uh, demand growth here for the industry for years to come. Third is we really are doubling down on taste and flavor. That is our number one attribute for pork, and we gotta we got to exploit that. DeJesus also noted a need to target younger consumers. Most of the consumption is, is going through the baby boomer uh, demographic. And we we understand that they're a big part of that. But, you know, at some point, the younger demographic is going to have to carry the load. And unfortunately, pork is not relevant with younger consumers. So we have to make uh, pork relevant so that we can build this emotional connection with the consumer that can lead to some uh, growth down the road. The truth is that it's hard, it's hard to really um, have affinity for something that is not relevant for you. And for the younger consumers, we have to attack this early on and now and into the future. USDA's 100th Ag Outlook Forum begins this morning. Ahead of the forum, World Ag Outlook Board member Mark Jekinowski uh, said that dairy prices are forecast to be up in February. And as a result of all of this, product prices here in the U.S. are up. Cheese price we raised by $0.07 cents per pound. Butter price up by $0.11 cents per pound. Dry products as well, non-fat, dry milk, dry whey, raised about a nickel per pound. So both our class three price and our class four price were raised this month. Class three was raised by a dollar per hundred weight. Now at $17.10 per hundred weight. Class four was raised by 85 cents per hundred weight to $20.20 per hundred weight. And the all milk price we raised this month by 95 cents per hundred weight. Now forecast for 2024 at $20.95 per hundred weight. Jekinowski also looks at potential pork production and prices. In terms of hogs and pork, we reduced our production forecast for pork by 90 million pounds, just reflecting a little bit slower slaughter pace than we had been seeing. So we incorporated that into our forecast. So pork supplies in general tightening up this month relative to January, but relatively strong demand for pork, good carcass cutout values. And that is also translating into some strength in the hog price. So we raised our hog price forecast $2 per hundred weight, currently at $59.75 per hundred. Weight. That would be up about $1.16 year over year. 
Corn Belt marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says the grain markets had been trying to stabilize this morning, but now seeing renewed selling following the release of the Outlook Forum numbers. The data was generally as the trade probably expected. Um, you know, I would say with corn acres at 91 million and the way prices are right now, uh, granted, if they keep falling and it turns into a loss all the way around, it's not good. But I, I would still think corn pencil is better. And so I, I think if you have good weather, you would have to assume that you know, 91 million acres could actually grow a little bit. Uh, 87 and a half on beans, I don't know if we have to you know, see anything more than that. I think that could be a high bar set. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, both of these markets are struggling with the fact that we don't have enough demand to gobble up these supply buffers. And uh, you know, we need a supply you know, threat to, to change that course. And I think the first time... You know, we could get that at this point, maybe a U.S. Uh, you know, wet spring. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. There are a lot of inconsistencies when growing soybeans. The soil, the weather, the market. You need something you can count on, like Revitec fungicide from BASF. It consistently outyields other fungicides by up to 9.5 bushels per acre, consistently wins in on-farm head-to-head comparisons, and consistently makes for happy farmers. Revitech fungicide. Visit RevXFields.com for full results. Always read and follow label directions. Yield data based on summary of 2019 through 2022 RevX field scale demonstration trials. If you have farmland and are thinking of selling or would like help negotiating with tenants, Red River Land Company can help. Hi, this is Chris Griffin with Red River Land Company. Our company and its founder, John Botsford, have a long history of helping owners successfully sell their farmland or maintain their farmland through our farm management services. We pride ourselves in being a trusted resource and would be happy to meet with you to formulate a plan to best accomplish your goals for the land. Go to redriverlandco.com to set up a meeting with us today. Red River Land Company, your trusted name in farm real estate. Think back to your time in the FFA. What did it do for you? What did you learn that got you to where you are today? How many things did you experience for the first time because of the FFA? Who did you meet you couldn't imagine life without? Let's not just witness. Let's ensure our members continue to have the experiences that created the people we are today. Support North Dakota FFA. Visit ndffafoundation.org. Like that morning cup of coffee, the Red River Farm Network is the best way to start your day. Good morning, farm news time on the Red River Farm Network. You'll get the latest market trends. Looking at a grain market, we finally saw corn kind of trade its own fundamentals here. Weather with agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner. Cooler temperatures will be occurring in the northern plains and upper Midwest. And today's top stories impacting your farm and your bottom line. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business. This week on Ag Week TV, our Ag Week livestock tour continues. New opportunities for rural energy are emerging, and we kick off FFA Week by visiting one special chapter. Drier weather will be back across the northern plains for a big part of the coming week, and that also will include the upper Midwest. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Red River Farm Network. Colder air has seeped into the region, and as it has arrived, we did see snow yesterday in South Dakota and southern half of Minnesota. There will be a strong surface high pressure center present across the region today. Tomorrow, there will be a weak break in the high 
high-pressure system temporarily and will likely see a little light snow event beginning to evolve. This will come out of southeastern Montana and Wyoming, pass through western and south-central portions of South Dakota. Actually, it will miss the majority of our region, but we will get a little bit of snow to occur in the Badlands and uh, also in the Sioux Falls and Yankton areas as well as back towards the Black Hills. Those areas will pick up on light snow. We believe that the snow accumulations will be mostly in the range of one to three inches. There will be some greater amounts perhaps between the Black Hills and Valentine, Nebraska. The further northeast you travel across the northern plains though, the drier it will be. There should be no meaningful precipitation over the next day or so across portions of North Dakota and much of Minnesota. The same is true for northern and east central parts of South Dakota. High pressure will be returning to many of these areas as we get into the heart of the day on Friday and the coldest air will be with us at that point in time. But right after that, a strong warming trend is expected to resume and we're going to see the temperature rebound well above normal once again. No other precipitation probabilities are with us through the weekend or into the early part of next week despite a weak low pressure center that will evolve and move through Nebraska and South Dakota on Sunday going into Monday. That system does not apparently have any moisture to work with. If there is any precipitation, it will be very limited. Temperatures will be cold over the next two days. We'll look for highs this afternoon to run mostly in the teens and 20s across the region. We'll see the same thing again tomorrow with more teens than 20s, but that will be the coldest day. We'll likely turn around to get back to the 30s and 40s over the weekend and into the first part of next week with a few upper 20s near the Canada border. We're expecting our nighttime temperatures to also get a bit colder overnight tonight with readings in the negative and positive single digits with the exception of southern South Dakota and maybe some eastern South Dakota locations as well as southern Minnesota where some double-digit readings, mostly teens, are likely to occur. But that'll be as cold as it gets. We'll expect to see most other nighttime lows in the single digits and teens on Saturday and then back into the teens and 20s for Sunday through Tuesday of next week. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. AMVAC is releasing a new tool for use in corn rootworm control. According to AMVAC U.S. Green Solutions Marketing Manager Ted Walter, BioWake Prime acts as an alternative to other insecticide application systems. Yeah, we're, we're excited to be launching a, a new technology and really um, new to the marketplace um, for the first time. It's an EPA-registered bioinsecticide for corn rootworm control in the planter box. So what it does is it offers growers a, a real convenient option uh, for controlling corn rootworm control, whether that's going to be at the planter box, or they can use it um, if they're using pro boxes. They can over-treat their seed and pop open the pro box and, and just dump the bag in to treat 50 units of seed. The insecticide has shown some yield improvement over multiple trials. So its mode of action is it, it activates the corn plant self-defenses. It's a microbial solution that colonizes the root zone. And then it turns on the plant defenses and acts as a deterrent to corn rootworm larvae that would be feeding on the, on the corn roots. So they have a, have a hard time finding the corn roots and it, it prevents feeding. And what we've seen really across 56 trial locations um, is an eight bushel uh, yield advantage. 
Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour. March wheat Minneapolis down two and a half cents, six sixty. The May contract down three and a half cents. Chicago March wheat down eighteen and three quarters at five sixty six and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat down eleven and a quarter at five seventy six and a half. March corn down five and a half at four eighteen and three quarters. July corn down six and a quarter at four forty one. March soybeans down six cents at eleven sixty four and a half. May down seven and three quarters at eleven sixty eight and a half. March meal is down three dollars a ton at three forty thirty. Bean oil down thirty points at forty six sixty three. In Winnipeg, March canola down ten dollars seventy cents a metric ton, five hundred seventy dollars ten cents Canadian. April live cattle a dollar forty seven higher one eighty five forty seven. June's up eighty cents at one eighty one ninety two. March feeder cattle eighty seven cents higher at two forty seven ten. April feeder cattle sixty cents higher at two fifty twenty. April lean hogs fifty five cents higher at eighty five oh seven. The May hogs up thirty five cents at eighty eight eighty five. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.